fascinating gadgets, gizmos, and gear-based technologies. Welcome to FGGBT. Now, this is the show that takes your favorite fictional science and technology, and we make it a reality. We are the Brain Trust. I am the analytical mastermind, Daniel J. Glenn, with me, the physics phenom, Dr. Michael Dennett. Dan, it is awesome to be here, and I was really planning to break out in song for you, and then I realized we want to keep listeners, not lose them. So I chose to just say my words calmly. That's very sweet, Dennett, because if you were going to start singing, I would have to sing as well. I'd have to chime in there. And that's one thing you may not want me to do. Although, with the addition of our third member, Ben Seepser, enigmatic engineer, we may have a barbershop triplet. I think maybe that's what it's called. Uh, ben, how is your singing voice? And do you listen to it often up there on the brain station? You know, Dan, uh, I think I will also be spreading holiday cheer this season by not contributing my singing voice <laughs> to the world. Uh, we'll, we'll keep it uh, in the nice speaking voice and avoid the out of tune singing. Okay, fair, <laughs> that is fair enough. Uh, because this is our holiday episode, guys. And this is the time of year where we put together a, a great episode celebrating the great times of the season. And, and Denon, you know, you chose Spirited. And it's an interesting choice because there are is a lot of singing in this musical. You know, that happens a lot in musicals. It tends to. Uh, and given my feelings on musicals, you know, I'm surprised you would you would put me through this. Uh, there must be a reason for it. I'm sure uh, that there is an altruistic point for making me suffer through this movie. There is, Dan. I mean, well, besides the fact that it was a gift to myself because mm -hmm. I enjoyed watching it a, a you know third or fourth time, I've lost track, and that I love it so much, I actually just know, Dan, how much you like to demonstrate your professionalism. Mm -hmm. And I <laughs> knew that this was going to be great for our show, and I knew that you had the ability to sacrifice yourself for our listeners and viewers. And yeah. I, I realized how much you appreciate doing that. And so I gave you the gift of sacrificing for your art and for the people. That's, I mean, I am Scrooge is basically what you're saying in this, in our story. And, and possibly, yeah. possibly. Am I, I became a better person and I made the world a better place by watching it. Is that, is that what, we, what you're, what you're saying? Yeah, now? let's go with that, Dan. I, I like that. I, I like it as well. I also feel like you might be one of those guys who has plenty of gifts under his tree that say to Denon from Denon. Am I, am I right? Uh, well, it never actually says that. It may be what's <laughs> happening, Dan. Uh, but but we have an old family tradition to get right. gifts from stars and angels and other you know oh, celestial okay. creatures. Sure, sure. So there may be a whole bunch that say to Denon from a star. <laughs> oh, got it. Okay. Oh, that's fair enough. You know, uh, you got that kind of you know, it's a wonderful life thing going on, kind of. Yeah, yeah definitely. So, from, from Gabriel. Uh, what about you, Ben? You know, uh, I I know you may not like to sing, but I feel like you love listening to other people sing. And this movie has plenty of that. It, it certainly has some of that. As we've discussed, not a singer myself, I'll try to sing along with stuff, and I hope no one's truly within earshot of me. But th <laughs> this was truly a gift as well for me. I, I enjoyed the movie. It was a nice little life day, pre-Life Day uh, present to me from Denon. So I really got to thank you for that, Dr. Denon. <laughs> yeah, Denon, thank you for making Ben's li li is it Life Day? 
Life Day, yeah. Life Day. The, what, what is Life Day? The wintertime celebration of the Wookiees that has ah, spread yes. throughout both the galaxy far, far away and our own now. <laughs> sure. Well, Dennis, thank you for making Ben's Light Day, Life Day, Life Day, Life, life Day, day. Uh, uh, you know, memorable and, and un- unforgettable. Uh, and, and you know what else is memorable and unforgettable was my performance in third grade where I did a computerized Christmas. I may have mentioned that on the show. Uh, I will tell you something that I can actually sing every song from that play. I don't know. We, we discussed a lot about brains and Ben you know when this show's over I'm going to talk to you about what may be wrong with mine that I wake up sometimes (laughs) singing uh, (laughs) computerized Christmas Uh, but we will we will put that aside for a second so Spirited is a movie basically about the backstage workings of the ghosts who changed Ebenezer they did that in the 1800s and now they've continued that tradition into the current times. And this also made me wonder, we did a whole episode on A Christmas Carol, and Denon, there seems to be some connection between you and the story, because it's the story that's so nice, we're doing it twice. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's one of the world's greatest stories. And then the Muppets did a movie of it, Dan, which I know has singing in that, too. It is also a musical, um, but it's perhaps the best version of A Christmas Carol out there for many reasons. Um, and it's just it, it's a timeless story. It's a story I love. And, I, and you, you know me, I love irony and I love the fact that here is this amazing, heartwarming story about change. Mm-hmm. All the effort Scrooge does to become yep. this great person. And yet we still use his name to describe mean people. So mm-hmm. he's probably rolling around in his grave. Well, he's not real. So Dickens is probably rolling right. around in his <laughs> grave going, did no one get the point of the story? <laughs> yeah. So you can say like a, a pre-Carol Scrooge. Yes. Right. Like a pre-ghost Scrooge is what we're using. But we should be using post-Carol Scrooge. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Right? Scrooge should refer to the nicest people in the world, not the mean people. Right. Or the ones who change the most, right? Or the ones who change the most. Well, if the story of Spirited is is correct, uh, he didn't live very long past <laughs> his redemption, so people would only remember him as the jerk. Oh, I mean, yeah, that enough, could be the problem. Yeah, didn't have time you to know, change it, his it, reputation. It, it's bad publicity. He never hired a you know publicist to uh, <laughs> rehab his image post redemption. Now, if he had TikTok or Instagram or something like that, he might be able to more quickly change his image uh, after being canceled early on by the, uh, yeah. the. I don't even know what the name of the town is, but they they you know they didn't like him. Uh, London. Is it London. Just, yes. <laughs> yeah. Is it London? Uh, I think it's London, Dan. The fictional town of London, where everybody's where screwed to live. Yeah, I've never heard of it. Uh, yeah, never. I don't know what you're talking about here, Danny. Uh, but yeah, so this, so this movie has kind of a really good prep and landing vibe to it. You know, uh, we did a whole episode on that. But this also made me think of the game. And this is a movie from the 90s, which has a lot of parallels in a strange way, because kind of the performance that these ghosts put on behind the scenes you know, and what we see with the actual, you know, quote unquote, Scrooge of the season that they're trying to change, they're very similar, you know, um, because in the game, it's this very elaborate, you know, kind of interactive theater that changes a person. And also Michael Douglas in that movie is very Scrooge-like. You know, he's a, a businessman. He's kind of got that, I, I don't want to say douchebaggy look, but he does look like a guy, he just did Wall Street, so he looks like someone from, you know, from, from that, that, that uh, you know, kind of part of the world. He ends up firing a guy who isn't performing, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, not Jiminy Cricket, but, you know, Cratchit. Uh, from, from uh, Bob Cratchit. Bob Cratchit, yeah, I swear I've seen these before. He has a brother named Conrad who is, you know, kind of like uh, his, 
kind of like the Jacob Marley character who sends him on this whole quest for redemption. And clearly as an ex, you know, ex-wife that he that he loves. There's lots of interesting parallels here. And then in As Our Christmas Carol Expert, I hope you see those or at least picked up on them. Oh, yeah. No, this is amazing. It just goes to show the timelessness of A Christmas Carol. You know, the best stories are told in many different ways from many different perspectives. Mm -hmm. um, and you know what? In, in the 90s, you really had to, I think, save budget and be careful. And so the brother character actually gets to play at least two roles because he's not only Jacob. I feel he's kind of the happy nephew who's already yeah. changed and has the spirit, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we, we see the 90s frugality coming through. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you're right. It is the same basic core story. And, and and that was part of what I really liked about it. Well, he's also the tiny Tim. He he puts himself in to show the consequences of mm -hmm. uh, Nick, Nicky Michael Michael Douglas's character's actions. Mm -hmm. In he's he's the ghost of Christmas yet to come, or I guess he's the tiny Tim being shown by the. Not, not super important, but he, he's the tiny Tim too. That's that's the point. Sure, <laughs> yeah. a, a more mobile tiny Tim. Because he's yeah, cause until he's, shot, right? Yes, right. Uh, spoiler alert there. But we are so we are. You are a terrible person, Denon, for being a spoiler, and it's ideal because we need to find a terrible person to change. Uh, and it was me, and maybe this season it might be you, or next season, Denon. We'll, we'll get to that. Yes. But you know, this is really where we begin. Right. The, the, we don't know when the story begins in the game. We don't know when the ghosts are going to come. But we do know is behind the scenes they're working to find a terrible person. And, you know, in spirited, let's talk about that first. This is, you know, I thought this concept was kind of interesting because to me, what makes a Christmas carol so good and so unique is that they only do it once. They only they, they fix Scrooge and he becomes a very special person and kind of, you know, the um, the the template for what redemption looks like. But then they, you know, to go on and do it over and over again. I feel like that's diluting it a little bit here. What, what do you think here, Danny? That's an interesting perspective. Dan. I, I kind of see what you're talking about. Um, maybe you don't do it every year. Right. Um, but. Right. The challenge is, you know, how much impact do you have by changing individuals? And it's clear the original Scrooge, um, you know, being such a massive slumlord that he was, had a major negative impact. And if you can change him, you have a major positive impact. Right. Um, and there were a lot less people in the 1800s. And perhaps from Dickinson's point of view, the only people that merit mattered were the English. So if you can change them, you made the world a better place. <laughs> right. Um, so, okay. you know, yeah. but I do think I do think the original Scrooge was definitely going for impact. Find the most impactful person you can change. So how often you do it, I think that's a valid question. I hadn't thought of that, Dan, but I think it does mean you have to pick the right people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, as you said, you know, Dickens was focused on London here. Mm -hmm. But in right. spirit, we, we did establish not, that. You're 100. percent We did this. They're not, place they're, in London. <laughs> they're in New York. They're not. Or was it New York? Yeah. Oh, it was spirited. New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're in yeah. New York. So th yeah. this is an, a multinational organization here. <laughs> so we only see the the year when they fix the slumlord of London. Yeah. For all we know, the next year they fix the slumlord slumlord of Paris. I mean, oh. you know, they just didn't. He just didn't write a book about it that that time. You know. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, New York is kind of the London of the United States in, in a strange way. Yes. Sort of. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. I'm going to say yeah. that because it seems right. Uh, but so but the selection process, I mean, are we only going for slumlords here, guys? What, what is it that we need to do? Because I think this is really important. And we see them, you know, in the game, it's kind of easy. His brother gives him the gift of of mm -hmm. of of this experience, let's say. But right. in Spirited, 
they go through a whole selection process. So I, this I think is really key. You get one person, one season. So you have to find someone who like, to your point then, and is going to have to make that big impact. Now, how, where do we begin? Where do we start? Obviously in this day and age, we would start on social media. There's plenty of people that need <laughs> fixing there. Uh, but what, what do you think then? And if we got to fix one guy, one girl, what are we doing? Well, I do think um, their basic process is correct. And they actually do, I think, use social media to some degree, as you alluded to, because mm-hmm. it is current times. But basically, you know, they've got the data mining down. They've got all the data. We've talked about that a lot, that your data is just out there. They know who you are. And I do think with so many things, right, um, I'm going to quote my dad here, mm-hmm. you know, and give a sports analogy, right? <laughs> the key to success is scheduling. It doesn't really necessarily matter how good or bad you are right. as a team, but if you schedule only teams that are worse, you're going to have a winning season. <laughs> you know, there's more to that, right. then, and that's actually a great quote for a couple of reasons, because scheduling yeah. is important because if you have an easy schedule up front and it looks like you're doing better than you are, that motivates a team to do better later on. If you have a tough mm-hmm. schedule early on, it discourages you, and then you could maybe not do as well later on. So th- scheduling is everything. Yeah. I love that quote from your pops. Yeah, no, it is. It's got all of that. And here you've also got the feature. The analogy is find the person in the sweet spot, right? Mm-hmm. If they're only a little bad and they're too easy to change, you're probably not having much impact. If they're really, really bad and almost impossible to change, though I would argue everyone can change, but you might fail. You mm-hmm. might not be able to change them. And then that doesn't look good for the team, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're definitely making, you're weighing pros and cons here the whole time. Well, I think that's what's so important about the beginning of the movie is, you know, Will Ferrell, the Ghost of Christmas president, he's arguing to, you know, ch- try to change somebody with a higher impact. They're like going for some, was it a banker or something? Something very boring. I think a hotel owner. Yeah, yeah ho- right. Something boring and lame and without much <laughs> impact. Uh, and so I, I think it's really important that, you know, he he's I, it, it kind of to me sounded like the Ghosts of Christmas Agency has gotten complacent. And is picking low impact, boring, uninteresting uh, targets for their changes. And Will Ferrell now, or the Ghost of Christmas Present now, is upset with it and trying to bring things uh, into the future and pick better targets. Now, th- that's interesting, but I think, you know, if we're going to go sports analogy, you opened this Pandora's box, this gift you gave to me of sports analogies, then it, uh, I'm going to run with it because I think getting those W's, uh, th- those are wins, guys. That's what stands for wins. Uh, th- when you get those, getting a couple W's early on, that's really impactful, right? And so you're saying it's low hanging fruit, Ben, but maybe these are the easy wins that not only this agency needs, but the world needs. What you don't want to do is find an unsavable person. I think they talk about irredeemable. It may be the word that they use. Yes, that is the word they right. use. Yeah. I don't think unsavable is actually a word. Uh, but, <laughs> but these irredeemable people, you don't want to start going after them because it's impossible. And if we start racking up the L's, those are losses. We start racking those up. You're not looking good. Mm-hmm. Your record's going down. You got problems here, Ben. Yeah. Well, I mean, you... But is a win against uh, the... Uh, Here we go. Get it. Get it. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> but is a win against, you know, the... Uh, let's say you're a high-quality state team and you're playing my alma mater, a small liberal arts and engineering college that's in Division Three. Mm-hmm. That's no win, Dan. Mm-hmm. That's not a win. That, you know... It's still a win. It's it may look a like a win on the the charts, but you're not gonna you're not gonna get well ranked off of that win. Uh, you know they're gonna discount it, and I think it's the same thing with the Ghosts of Christmas Agency. Uh, will Ferrell is feeling 
the discounting of the bad targets they've had for the for the past decades. I don't know. We don't really know how how long it's been since they've had a good target. So quality of wins is what you're saying is important, right? You want to get you want to get ranked. Yeah, you want to get ranked. You're not going to get ranked beating up a bunch of uh, cupcake teams. Sure. <laughs> and I think that that's fair. But I do think that there are people, you know, who cannot be redeemed and weeding those people out, I think, is tricky, you know, and then and I know you and I may differ on this point, but I'm going to say that there are people that you don't want to target. And I would say that targeting the easy people is much better and getting those W's is much better than going after someone impossible to redeem and taking that loss. Well, I think this is where, you know, the science of redeemability really comes in, Dan. Right. Um, Let's get into and, it. You know, and, and just like we've done the science of cartoons, I think sure. we can do the science of redeemability. I think we can. You know, I, you are right. I do not think there is actually an irredeemable. I'm here, you know, on Scrooge's side, um, you know, supporting um, the uh, the current ghost of Christmas present. But I do think there are very strong differences between different types of things. Um, and you have to weigh the hardwired biological factors versus the purely social and psychological factors that have developed over time. And they have a different sort of ways that you undo them and you bring people back. Um, mm -hmm. Most of it is the social and the psychological and the brain chemistry that that has caused. And therefore, you can affect it with social and psychological things. I just don't think these ghosts want to be going in for brain surgery and massive right. you know, changes at that level. Right. So there's a category you probably don't want to pick. Yeah. But I do think everybody's redeemable. I think that's one thing that's good with the game over over Spirited is that they're targeting the way they're affecting their targets is a lot more is a lot deeper and mm -hmm. it's a lot more at their um, actual feelings and their operations. Like making a rich guy feel poor mm -hmm. is a lot more is a lot more likely, I think, to cause a change in a in, in a jerky rich guy than having taking a rich guy and showing him his like childhood trauma I mean, <laughs> right because right, yeah. that's all the yeah. ghosts do right they show mm -hmm. you why you know some sad moments in your childhood they show you a tiny tim of some variety <laughs> you know that's that's sure. not really gonna affect that many people i think I think they need to maybe up their game, like like we have in the game. <laughs> I, I, I love that you that you think that most. I think most people would be affected by the tiny tims of the world, but but maybe maybe that's old hat now. Maybe that that isn't going to work. But I do think you know. I think that there are people who cannot be changed. There are people, as you said, then, and who their the wiring of their brain. You know, psychopaths fall into this category. You know, you make fun of me for mentioning this last time, and I say it a lot. But they're, they they cannot be redeemed. Their brain. There are people whose brain wiring is just such that they cannot be good people. And that's unfortunate, but those aren't the people I would try to change with this particular method. You know, people with trauma in their childhood. But there are plenty of terrible people in the world who uh, and, and in our history who I think you can use the ghost of Christmas past, present and future. You know, I would say that and this is going to be a very controversial statement but i stand by it guys i think you could mm -hmm. with this process you could change hitler you could change charles manson but you cannot change ted bundy now these are all three terrible people but we can get a two out of three here that's 66 percent. that's a pretty good win percentage i know the two i'm going for well you know dan i'm fascinated by that statement because I, I agree with you on hitler based on my limited knowledge 
I'm really wondering what knowledge you have of the other two that you're making your prediction. Um, I, I assume they're not close personal friends, that this is more internet research. No, th- no, this, I was, a, you know, I was a psych major for a semester. So, the, you know, oh, okay. I wanted to be a profiler for a little bit. Yeah, Ten Bundy was a serial killer who was a, just a psychopath. But, you know, Hitler had lots of trauma in his childhood. Charles Manson yeah. didn't, he had a horrible childhood that I think all of these mm-hmm. things led to them being brought up in a toxic environment. With probably some, you know, look, this is dimed. Yeah, what do I know? I'm not Freud here. I'm just saying <laughs> if I had had to make a choice between irredeemable people in our in our world's history i feel like those people who have trauma in their childhood we could show them this stuff maybe make them feel empathy throw in a tiny tim or two as to, to ben's credit and i think we can affect change in some of the worst people in the history of the world you know and and i'm totally on board with that dan and i do think that's the important thing for this organization mm-hmm. is to identify the people that you can move them through psychology. And Ben, to your point, I do think that the, this operation has improved. Notice Ryan Reynolds is the consummate business person who really knows how to get at the heart of matters mm-hmm. and influence people for evil. So when he's turned to good, I mean, a spoiler alert, and you know, in the final episode, he, he does get some advice um, from Will Ferrell's character, but I think that was mainly him being nice to Will Ferrell and helping him feel involved. Sure. You know, they were getting down at sort of nitty gritty, you know, and finding that tweak in the data, the endpoint, you know, and customizing their psychological in- interventions mm-hmm. for individuals. And I yeah. think that really was Ryan Reynolds' character's specialty. Mm-hmm. And he now turned it for good instead of for evil. I think that's fair. But I also think that along Dan's point that there are some people that probably are irredeemable and the fix, I, I still think the fix is more the game. Like you have to do, you have to do something to them. You can't just show them mm-hmm. what, what they want. You have to give them this experience that exposes their trauma. And and unfortunately in the game kind of re-traumatizes them, mm-hmm. but traumatizes them for good in a way that they realize <laughs> their their ways or realize what's actually important, right? That's the whole point of the game is Nick, Nikki realizes that the money's not important. It's his family. It's, it's love. It's all this, it's all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I do wonder if you took away a bunch of the rich jerks of our times money, mm-hmm. at least temporarily, would they have that revelation? I, I hope they would. Um, but maybe not. <laughs> it's like the scared straight approach, right? You take a kid yeah. who's going on the yeah. wrong approach. You take, show him to a couple of prisoners. The prisoners tell them the things that they're going to do to them once they end up in prison. Bada bing, bada boom. The kid's on the right path, right? Kind of. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I I, th- I think less less the the stick and more the carrot. Of, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. But but Go sure, because. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where the carrot is in the game, Ben, but I'm I'm, I'm following you. I think it's 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 Nikki realizing he has people love him mm-hmm. and want him to do good mm-hmm. um, for the world rather than him being a jerk. A spoiler here: Would that be after or before he kills himself, Ben? <laughs> uh, I you know I, it made him realize what was truly important in his life, Doctor Denon. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that, that's important because I think with the game, right, we're talking with the game. This is a, it's a different version of how you find somebody. Right. This is it's voluntary mm-hmm. in some ways. His brother, Conrad, gives him the gift of the game, of the experience of this life changing um, immersive mm-hmm. theater. And, you know, that's interesting because in in that way, he also becomes the ghost. That's why I said he's Jacob Marley. Like he becomes mm-hmm. right. the person who is giving him that experience. 
And so then with the game in that world, you get to be the ghost. We get to be, you know, the people who are mm-hmm. who are choosing, you know, and that's a, a crowdsourced, you know, uh, a crowdsourced savable person might make it easier for the people of Spirited <laughs> and, you know, to to find the person. Kind of like you do auditions, you know, if you're trying to get on Survivor. Yeah. I don't know why I'm obsessed with Survivor lately, but I am. If you're trying to get on that show, you, you know, people send in their audition tapes. Now the ghosts get to choose who they want out of these video submissions. That's actually not a bad idea. No, it's not. And, and, and I, I, you know, I think the having someone suggest someone does help your chances of success because there's someone else wanting them yes. to be good. Someone who has identified that they're still good in that person. It's sort of, you know, going back to the life day, you know, Luke recognizes they're still good in his father. You know, he mm-hmm. would have, you know, Darth Vader would have been an ideal character for the game, I feel, um, if Luke had bought it for him. Wait, did that well, happen on Life Day? Did he get changed on Life Day? Is that when the No, no I'm him? just saying. I'm just saying, <laughs> uh-huh. Dan, I'm just making another connection to oh, Star Wars. Okay, all right. no. I was like, that's <laughs> well, a weird I think coincidence. That's a good point, you know, <laughs> yeah. but, it, but it's, it's the same sort of thing as the game, right? Luke shows uh, Darth Vader what is truly important in life, mm-hmm. and, and it redeems him. Um, away from the emperor and the evil and the dark side and all that stuff. And and I think I think there's a lot to be learned from that uh, story. Uh, another Christmas uh, uh, right. Christmas Carol of our lives. <laughs> it is. Yeah, I mean, Darth Vader isn't exactly a slumlord, but he is scum. He's a scumlord, right? I mean, I guess, isn't that yeah. what they say? Scum and villainy is in, uh, I don't know, I'm trying to make yeah. something here. It's not working. Oh, that's the bounty hunters, but close okay, enough. Close enough. All right, close, close enough. Well, so changing him, right? You were talking about, you know, Darth Luke changing Darth. We're talking about the ghost changing Ebenezer. It's the change, guys. That's really what we're after here. And so that's part two of what we need to do. Once we found somebody that we're going to try to shift them away from this dark path, stare it or carrot or stick, whatever we're going to choose. we got to change them. And in Spirited, this is kind of interesting because this is, you know, this is where a lot of the technology comes in because, you know, uh, they do do it like kind of a supernatural simulation. But let's pretend they're not ghosts for a second. How are they going to get this information? And I think massive data mining uh, is really important. Knowing this person, knowing them inside and out, that's the key here, you know, Den. And I think, you know, in this day and age, we actually do have the tools and we give up a lot of our own information about ourselves, about our psyche voluntarily online. This might be very easy in this day and age where in the game it wasn't so much. Yeah, no, I mean, this was just captured by my daughter the other day. Great. When I was chatting with her and she goes, oh, great. I just searched to buy a new pillow and now pillow ads are showing up and everything I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. You know, the, the data is there, right? It is it is what we do. So what I love about Spirited, I would argue this is the digital version, right? They rely on the digital data on you to design the scenarios. Right. And then they're designing basically simulations to stick you in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're mostly building other versions of your places, sound stages, whatever. I imagine the next evolution of their company is going to be simply slipping some VR goggles on you in your sleep with some gloves, and you'll experience <laughs> the whole visits from the ghost virtually. Sure. Um, and they won't even have to waste time building rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a pain. That is a pain to do that. It's it's Ready Player One meets uh, Christmas Carol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, well, and that's interesting because you know you do it is modern technology, kind of what they would have to do. But the game is, you know, I really like. I don't want to call it analog, but it's definitely a very interesting version of this change because they're not building sets. The entire world is their set. The theater is, mm-hmm. you know, everywhere, and. 
you know, Nikki, Michael Douglas's character, gives up voluntarily a lot of information. He's taking physical exams. He's taking psychological exams. You know, he's looking at, you know, those strange, like, clockwork orange type videos where he's got to, like, mm. press the left <laughs> or right. You know, it yep. gets very intense, you know. And that, I think is a much better way to create a unique individual experience and also being able to predict their behavior. Once you start doing crazy stuff to Nikki, you got to know at least with some degree of certainty what they're about to do. Well, I think this is the side of the two wrist, Dan. And okay. actually, I don't know why you're not willing to call it analog. I would call it analog. Oh, I did call it analog. Did I? I'm, I, I uh, you said you hesitate to call it analog. I thought you commit oh. firmly to analog. Let me commit firmly right now, Dan, and I commit firmly to this being analog. Okay, good, because I'm with you. Okay. We've planted the flag. Yes. Um, you know, and I think the risk the risk in the game is you're really counting on the random stranger not impacting things. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Um, and they're successful. The risk in Spirited is the person's going to come somehow aware that they're in a soundstage and they'll run backstage. And that is what happens in the movie, spoiler, right? right? So, you know, Spirited, they run into trouble because he, he's on to the sort of framework that they're using. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm with you. This is a case where I think, at least in the 90s, analog was safer, right? Yes. And uh, very expensive and takes a lot of people, but you are limiting your risk. So you do have to really understand human psychology at a deep level or the person you're you know, playing with might get out of control. Yeah, I mean, that's not necessarily the analog versus digital approach, but I mean, that, that is the failure of, of Spirited is that they keep doing the same thing over and over again. You know, any genre savvy bad guy is going to realize he's getting the Scrooge treatment. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas the game, you know, capitalism has evolved this this tool and has evolved into tailoring the experience far more than just ghost, you know, ghost past, ghost future, ghost present, ghost future doing the same shtick over and over again <laughs> right you gotta you gotta switch it up man we have a very savvy society yeah. uh, but you know this but but so this interactive theater approach because this is where i think the game really this is what i love this i think the ghost approach would have to do because it does take it would take years of research to really get into someone's psyche right and mm-hmm. but them voluntarily giving up gives you that advantage but the other trick here is again this is interactive theater And the world, you know, to quote Shakespeare here, the world is the stage, right? Mm -hmm. And that becomes very tricky because you have to have a lot of things. First of all, you have to be able to rehearse over and over again some of these scenarios, right? And how do you do that? You know, in in the real world, that's tricky. You know, there's there's some very intense scenes with gunfights and you know things like that. If that's theater, you got to practice that for sure. You know, there's this great TV show called The Rehearsal. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it's a show about rehearsing important moments in people's lives. It's a very unique show if you guys haven't seen it. But the quality of of actor. The amount of rehearsal that would go into this, I think, is extraordinary, but also extremely important to get this right. Well, you know what? I, th- I was just thinking about that, Dan, and there's two things that I totally agree with you that rehearsal is important. Mm-hmm. But I also think there is um, a core level of improv and a core level that despite I agree with Ben that they go a little outside just the basic ghost, ghost of Christmas, past, present and future script. But there are cu- core human interactions that you're going to train around. So it's a lot like being a physics phenom, right? Mm -hmm. There's only so much physics in the world. 
Mm-hmm. So, yes, on the one hand, I have to rehearse, and I do rehearse with you all. People mm-hmm. may not realize that right. this doesn't just come naturally to the three of us. <laughs> right. We make it so right. easy. You know, so we simple. are amazing. Yeah. yeah, right. But we're not quite that amazing. Mm-hmm. But I have an advantage as the physics phenom is there is only so much physics I have to rehearse because there is only so much physics in the world. And I think these people, you kind of have to find that sweet balance, right? You're going to pick very similar scenarios mm-hmm. so that they're able to quickly adapt, know what scenario they're in, and not have to re- rehearse too much at the specific level. Otherwise, I don't see how it's going to work. I don't see how you have enough time. Yeah, well, I'd also be curious to know, like, what is their typical client profile? Is it always the brother, like, trying to make his jerk of a brother less of a jerk? Or do they... I, I, I That's the thing that really interested me about the CRS, the agency in the game, is... What is their standard client profile? Are there is it normally some jerk goes to them to have a cool experience, but it, and it's not about fixing them at all. It's just about having a cool experience, or right. is it always this duping thing to make somebody a better person? Well, there is this interesting moment where Michael Douglas is talking to two people in a country club, and they've mm. had the experience. He hears overhears them. They may be plants. Who knows? But well, he overhears there, them. I think, don't we see them later? They are actors, right? Are they both actors? Okay. Uh, maybe that's true. Okay, so that point makes no sense if they're actors. So let's move on a second. Let's move on. Uh, but this is, you know, the, one of the tricky parts of, of the game is that in some weird way, you're giving people access, or even your brother's giving people access to your entire life. You know, we see yeah. phones being hacked. We see uh, bank accounts maybe being messed with. We don't know. Um, you know, we see uh, gunfights, danger. You know, he gets th- you know thrown off a bridge at some point in a car, you know. Um, mm-hmm. That, giving someone access being able to do that, I think is extraordinarily dangerous and very, very tricky because the danger, the the fear he has is that someone has actually stolen all this money from him. But Mm -hmm. if the company wasn't very scrupulous, if they were the Scrooge in the story, it is very easy for them to walk off with all that money. Mm -hmm. Well, that shows one that the company is actually fairly honest, Dan. So Mm -hmm. you're right. Um, If they were unscrupulous, you know, it's one, it's unclear how many people you can get away with scamming. Um, you know, in this world, to Ben's point, mm-hmm. um, I I'm finding you know, like I find the f- sort of structure of this fascinating. They have a wider range of tech they have to deal with. So making you think your bank account zero, the poverty thing, messing with your house, um, these are I think relatively straightforward. Maybe not for the average person, but for the company. The two that really get me, the car is a tricky one, right? How do you really? Because if he doesn't escape, you're ending the game, right? You know, if you're an honest company, you're going to save them and it'll be obvious. Yes. I don't know if they have a backup plan for making it look accidental that he gets saved. And mm-hmm. and, and sort right. of being, you know, the, the, the whole scene in Mexico is another one. Like where, if Scuba Gear floated by, you're saying that would be probably obvious. Yeah, that would be a little weird, right? <laughs> yeah, right. So, so they're clearly either highly technical, way more so than we are, mm-hmm. or very, very good at the psychology um, for the for these actual physical danger ones. Um, they worry me a little bit more. I don't. I think if I had to design those for a company, I would not take the job because I'm not up to that level of precision. I mean, I have to. Well, I think they say that there were like safety divers ready in case things went wrong with the with the cab stunt. But I, I also have to imagine that there were people tailing him in Mexico too. And yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if the person who actually 
he hitchhikes back with was a CRS employee. <laughs> right. Probably. Well, I think with with when you take a big risk, like dumping him off a bridge, you know, to Denon's point, if you do have to save him, that's kind of the end. Because if a bunch of like frogmen come up to yeah. you and pull you out of the water, they weren't just like <laughs> deep sea fishing. You know, what I mean? it's hard to play that off. I mean, they could have let him pass out so he doesn't see the actual save. And, you know, then it's like some cops or something, but pass sure. out under, you mean, so passing out underwater, I think is called drowning. Yeah, yeah, you just do it really fast. <laughs> well, so <laughs> I do him right after he goes out. <laughs> I heard this rumor, and I don't know if this is true, but to become a Navy SEAL, I heard growing up in, in high school that you have to, the last thing you have to do before you become a Na- Navy SEAL is basically they put you underwater and you drown and then they revive you. And if you're able to survive that, then you become a Navy SEAL. I cannot possibly imagine that's the case. But if you do survive a drowning or, you know, a life ending experience, you know, maybe that's how they would get to the instead of him jumping off a route. Maybe they would have let him drown and then, you know, come back. to. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, Ben. <laughs> I, yeah. And, and I don't know if that would have uh, fixed him either, because like. He's he 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 wouldn't have realized he loves his family yet. I don't think if that has been the way he went out. But <laughs> no, but know. your life does flash before your eyes, so we don't know what what he would have seen. Yeah. Uh, but I will say one last thing on the game that I want to talk about is the, the the I think the actors being convincing to me. You know, as the master of film and television, as someone who has studied acting, uh, I think this is actually the the extremely crucial part of this because you have to craft and bend reality in some ways around this person. And we do have a lot of actors. We live in Los Angeles. We got a lot of actors. We are not want (laughs) for uh, people in the acting community. We got plenty here. Uh, But we don't have a lot of good actors, you know. And I think that that's the key part because being that convincing is very tricky. And, you know, we see this one moment that's very key where – he, uh, no pun intended, as he walks into this hotel, he's being told that he was in that hotel the night before. And Michael Douglas has no memory of this because he wasn't in that hotel. And mm-hmm. then they say, well, check your pocket for the key. And he has it because five seconds before someone bumped into him and he realizes that person planted the key on him. Right. Mm-hmm. So you would have to have good actors, good improving, people who are, are mentalists, people who are able to, uh, you know, do sleight of hand trickery, you know, illusionists. Mm-hmm. You need all of these people at your disposal because you're really trying to bend the laws of physics around. And Denon, as you know, the laws of physics are the laws of physics, but perception is also reality. We've got a lot to deal with here. We do. First of all, I think it just goes to show they need to hire a new pickpocket because that guy should never have been noticed um, as putting the card into his jacket. <laughs> don't, don't you have to bump in, though? Don't you have to? Isn't that how it works? You got to bump you know, in. You got to make but, contact, but, no? I, you know, whatever you do, you do it in a way that no one even suspects you afterwards, right? David Blaine's able it. to do it. I think he's I've seen him do tricks yeah. where they will put some people's pockets without keeping anyone near them. No, Fair enough. Yeah. So, you know, so to your point, they have to hire better talent. Um Hey, you know, and and to to the other comments, you know, you're totally right. Though I am a little worried. I, I have a feeling, being a holiday episode, we may be writing a few holiday card apologies. We've called hotel owners lame and all actors in L.A. not good. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> not all, not all, most. Oh, okay, well, just most. <laughs> I think that's the interesting thing, though, because well, one, they're going to have to get. You can't get the best, assuming the big mega stars are in fact the best actors. You can't have them in the game because you'll recognize them. It's this very strange thing where you have to get only the best like up and comers 
<laughs> who have yet to be discovered in any meaningful way. Otherwise, you're, you know, the jig's going to be up here. I, look, I will say I think that there's a lot of talent. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I'm not saying that there isn't a lot of talent. And I think there's a lot of undiscovered talent because I think being famous or becoming a celebrity has more to do with your connections and luck. Mm. And to your point, then, in scheduling in some ways, which is really <laughs> right. just luck. Right. I mean, it is kind of scheduling right. where it you is. are. So I think that has a lot to do. So, so there's plenty of talent here. Um, but so I think I think it's possible. It's just that's a big part of what makes that work. And if you're going to change someone's life, the logistics are extremely important. And I think, you guys, I want to take a moment here because I want to change the lives of our viewers. And I think the way mm -hmm. to do that on a holiday episode is to show them great gifts that we want to give them uh, for low, low prices on our website like... <laughs> Our analytical mastermind t-shirt, which is a great gift for this holiday season. Now, it may be as of this viewing, it might be a little too late to order for Christmas or Hanukkah. Hanukkah is even better because that's eight days. Christmas is one measly day of gifts. Hanukkah is mm -hmm. great. You got you got eight days, seven days of gifts, seven days of gifts, eight days of gifts. Eight days. I forget which one it is. Eight, eight days. Nights. <laughs> eight nights. What a great gift. Eight t-shirts for someone uh, out there. Uh, pick them up. FGGBT.com forward slash merch is where you can find this shirt and a few others, Dan. And I'm guessing you've got one as well. Yeah. So, so Dan, you know, actually, we if you missed Hanukkah, if you missed Christmas, if you missed Life Day, if you missed Kwanzaa, Festivus, Festivus yep. whatever you celebrate. <laughs> For the rest of us. This T-shirt, <laughs> which is about the apocalypse and surviving it, right, Sure, um, is really, you know, it's just me there hanging out, the apocalypse over, yeah. but not, having not happened. Uh. That is the perfect New Year's Day gift. Because yes. every time you reach a new year without an apocalypse, yes. you should give a T-shirt. <laughs> I think that's a great that's a great tradition. We should start then, and I love it. I don't know what we're going to call it, but it's a great tradition. You heard it right here first on FGGBT. Well, and I think, I mean, while I don't personally celebrate Christmas, I think, you know, the, the Android Ben uh, shirt here, so, you know, I think that represents Christmas very well because you got the blinky lights. Yes. And <laughs> what better than the, a blinky light, uh, a shirt that reminds you of the blinky lights of the holiday uh, <laughs> what about what? What could be a better gift? I don't know. I lost my train of thought there, but yeah, uh, we get Winky what you're lights, saying. There's holidays. Blue and, it's all great. It's all great. There's blue and white on on your shirt as well. We got Hanukkah. I don't know what the colors of Kwanzaa or Festivus are, but I'm sure they're on that shirt as well. Pick them up. <laughs> FGGBT.com forward slash merch. It's even better for Festivus because, as we know, the the true Festivus is the unadorned aluminum pole, <laughs> and the, my unadorned aluminum skin fits perfectly with that. It does. We're gonna decorate you for Festivus. Uh, so we've so we've changed the lives uh, of our listeners, but I think it's time to talk about the change that occurs in these movies. You know, in the game, we see the ceremonial rising from the dead. Um, you know, uh, I think pushing a guy to suicide is probably a risky play uh, to, to get that change, especially when you have that huge moment happen in front of all your friends and relatives. But I think knowing if losing everything is the best way to make you appreciate all that you have. And I think that in a lot of ways we see that both in this movie and in uh, this original uh, Christmas Carol and in Spirited, that to me is the change that we're trying to affect here. And it's really important, Denon, to get this right. No, it is. And you can see that in the different ways in the different um, versions of it. But 
there is there is something to be said that you know finding or experiencing the depths is what's needed before you actually rise to the heights again. Mm-hmm. Um, and pun intended there for uh, the game, mm-hmm. um, where he really does experience the depths, <laughs> as it were, and the heights. <laughs> Yeah. And the heights. Well, and again, this goes back to what I've been saying is, you know, you, you got to break somebody down to build them back up. You know, <laughs> showing the person, the people that they don't care about are being hurt by what they do. I don't think that's going to affect them as much as, you know, taking away all their money and making them realize what's actually important. Yeah. And this is different for each person. Uh, but I think that is that is the way to do it. You know, you don't have to get the Scrooge treatment where you see yourself as a kid. Uh, but I think knowing what you have now, knowing, knowing what you could lose, knowing what is possible out there. You know, if you're only to use your forces for good, we say this all the time. You want to be a superhero, not a supervillain. And I think that is truly the theme of A Christmas Carol is that Scrooge mm-hmm. should be a superhero. And he insists, at least up until this story, on being a supervillain. Um, but before we get to that, we got to talk about our errors, additions, and omissions here, guys. Now, this is things we wanted to talk about, but we didn't get to. Then, is there anything about A Christmas Carol? Spirited, uh, our T-shirts, uh, the game that you want to talk about that we didn't quite talk about? Well, first of all, I do have to thank you, Dan, again for that gift of giving me yet again another version of A Christmas Carol as a movie that I can watch because we've established without a shadow of a doubt that Mm -hmm. the game is a version of that. I'm going to have to figure out where on my list of Christmas carols it goes. You know, number one, as I said, is the Muppet Christmas Carol. Number two is a little known Xena. The Warrior Princess has a Christmas Carol episode, though they are celebrating the solstice. It's a solstice carol episode. Okay. Um, So that's a really fun one. I do like the Bill Murray Christmas Carol. I will keep this short and stop there Mm -hmm. and not list all the other Christmas carols in order of preference. (laughs) But I really appreciate (laughs) that I can add one to my list and the game. That's always, you know, a great addition and no error at all with that one. Yeah, they're going to roll into a top 10 list there. (laughs) I wasn't sure. No, no, no. Stop at three. Stop at three. Uh, What about you, Ben? Anything that you want to talk about about this movie or Denon's list that we didn't quite get to? Well, one thing, to be fair to Xena, Christmas is a solstice holiday that got (laughs) co-opted. So, I mean, I think they're even more on target there. Um, I also got to say, you know, one omission that we didn't mention is the stunt performers and the stunt coordinators uh, Mm -hmm. that clearly are being hired by CRS. Uh, Yes. They're they're obviously, they have some very impressive uh, stunt setups to make all, to pull all this off. So we got to give credit to them, too. For their excellent work in the uh, re- rehabilitation of Nikki Van Horden. Or <laughs> that, that is very true. <laughs> the, the stunt coordinators, those are the guys behind the scenes, behind the scenes in some ways. You know, yeah. we can't forget about them because yeah. they make, the, it's an action movie, right? It's an, or at least yeah. it's an action experience. So they are extraordinarily <laughs> important. Uh, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a couple things here. You know, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that in Spirited, the ghosts, for some reason, when they get to a certain point and retire, they then come back to life and live life again, which is a a great thing to root for. But it was a little strange. Do they just become a human again? Do they come into human at the age that they were when they retired? So they live out their retirement as a human? I didn't quite understand how that worked, but I thought it was an interesting twist, at least something to, to work for. Uh, and CRS, you know, I like that they're on the 14th floor, which is actually always the 13th floor. I don't know if you guys knew that, <laughs> but, you know, the 14th yes. floor is always 13. I live on the 14th floor as well, I believe, the way it works. I don't know how it's timed my building, but, like, one of the buildings... Uh, uh, is it starts at L and then goes to one. So one is actually two. 
so 12 is actually 13. It's very strange how people avoid this. I don't know why I'm talking about this, but it's bad luck. Avoid it just like you would avoid ghosts. And if there's anything else that we missed that you want to talk about, we're easy to find. You know, you can find us the show on social media. We are on Facebook at FGGBT. We are on Twitter at FGGBT pod. But of course, you can get, oh, and of course, on the website, FGGBT.com. If you want to send us a question, Questions at fgbt.com is the place to do it. But if you want to get in touch with us individually, Dennett, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on most major social media by flipping my name. That's at Den and Michael. You can find me on my website, denandmichael.com. I've also started on YouTube, my physics of X, but that's YouTube slash Michael Denon. Don't ask me why. Um, and then on Facebook, it's stick a prof in at prof Dan and Michael. I think I was just jealous of all your handles, Dan, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to catch up. Uh, you know, it's a great <laughs> thing to do. I-, I love all the variety. You know, you have as much variety as I do, which isn't a great idea, uh, but we're, we're making it work. But what is a great idea is to have absolute consistency with your social media. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, Ben, you can help us out with that. Where, where can people find you? I am nothing if not consistent, Dan. It's on every major social media network, at B Seepser. How do you spell that? Spell that B-S-I-E-P-S-E-R. And I can be found on Facebook, at Analytical Mastermind, on Twitter, at Daniel J. Glenn, but on Instagram, at The Daniel J. Glenn. And you can find me on the net, the web. What do you call it now? I don't know. Probably not the net. I still think it's the 90s. So the World Wide Web. You can find me on the World Wide Web on www, which stands for World Wide Web, www.danieljglenn.com. And if you're listening on your favorite podcast platform, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hit the like button, subscribe, and ring that bell so you never miss an episode and so that you help us out with that algorithm. And finally, this show contained powerful information that can be misused by your well-meaning brother or an organization designed to alter your life or even ghosts to make you into a better person. But you want to be one anyway. If you're given the choice or if you're forced to look at yourself in the mirror and make a decision on whether you're a bad person or a good person, always choose good. How do I translate that? Always be a superhero, never a supervillain. So until next time, thank you for listening. And from all of us, happy holidays. Uh, You guys say happy holidays too, I guess. (laughs) I won't cut away right away. (laughs) Happy holidays. Happy Happy Festivus. Happy holidays. There we go. Uh, So thank you for listening and happy holidays. Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies is a Glencoe production and is produced by me, Daniel J. Glenn. The Fascinating Gadgets, Gizmos, and Gear-Based Technologies introduction was produced by Daniel J. Glenn and Paul Springers with music and sound design written and performed by Paul Springers. Now, of course, if you're listening to this episode and you've gotten this far, you're going to want to subscribe. Well, how do you do that? We're on all the major podcasting platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Spotify. But if you're not already subscribed to those platforms, I made it easy for you. Go to our website, fgbt.com. You'll find links to those subscribe buttons and also links to our social media, both for the show and for our individual experts, the members of the Brain Trust. That's all right there fgbt.com and before you leave don't forget to check out our other episodes you can find the link at the top of the page for everything we've got and you'll notice 
that we've got both a YouTube version and an audio-only version. Depending on what you like, we got it for you. And if you do like those videos, you can go ahead and subscribe to those as well. We're on youtube.com backslash Daniel J. Glenn. And once again, if you like this show, you're going to like everything that I do. Go to danieljglenn.com to find out more. Thank you for listening.